Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome in to the Jeff Andrea Show, and thanks so much for being with me here on Thursday, July the 2nd. Hope everyone had a lovely Canada Day yesterday, despite the rainy and maybe not so perfect conditions that we saw. Uh, on today's show, the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation made changes to its lending standards, which went into effect yesterday. I'll be joined by a local mortgage specialist to talk about those changes and how it will impact homebuyers and to end things off today. While a major community outreach program that the federal government recently launched that can benefit both university students uh, looking to supplement their savings for the fall and help out nonprofits in the community at the same time. I'll be joined by the local volunteer manager for that program to see what they're looking for and how you can get involved. But to begin today's show, well, the Sun Peaks community is looking to expand patios, a similar effort to what is going on here in Kamloops, in order to provide more dining space and potentially increase the customer base. Here to talk more about that and more, it's the mayor of Sun Peaks, Al Rain. Mayor Rain, how are you doing here this afternoon? Uh, great. Good afternoon. Yeah, how was your Canada Day? Did you get a chance to enjoy the day yesterday, despite maybe, uh, you know, some wet weather? It wasn't the greatest day in terms of getting out and really enjoying it. Uh, it was very cool and very wet. Yeah, I guess that looks a little bit different than what you would normally have planned for a Canada Day too, right? Not uh, not as vibrant or as uh, as active as probably a normal Canada Day would be for Sun Peaks. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Mayor Rain, I wanted to ask a little bit about this patio project. So the Village of Sun Peaks looking to allow local restaurants to expand their patio space. A similar initiative is underway here in Kamloops as well. But why was this something that Sun Peaks wanted to take on? What, what is the idea behind this? Well, I think we were one of the first communities to suggest that we should go there. And obviously uh, what motivated us is that the main village street is pedestrian, so there are no cars. And with all of that room, we were able to expand uh, or uh, permit the restaurants to expand out into the street. Now, I should say it's a bit complicated because Sun Peaks Resort Corporation still owns the street. So the municipality encouraged them to give their blessing, and then we gave our blessing to the province to say, yep, should be done, including the liquor licenses. Okay, and has there been uh, a lot of, uh, I guess, uptake from the local restaurant community for this at this point, or is it too fresh maybe to, to see quite the impacts just yet? No, there are already tables and chairs out in, in the village stroll, and uh, I suspect the ones that haven't done it already will soon be joining uh, those that have. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that, uh, you know, that's significant, I guess, in terms of just making consumers and, and, and those who are looking to go out and dine maybe a little bit more comfortable, right, to have that outdoor space? I mean, we've heard from our provincial health officer quite a bit about how being outside is sort of the ideal place to be. So I assume that the main goal probably behind this was to make those looking to go out and enjoy and, and help the local economy feel a little bit more comfortable in doing so. Yeah, and still maintaining the physical distancing. So, and for us, uh, you know, the village street's very interesting, but uh, with the tables and chairs out there in the, in the village, it's even more interesting than it was before. So it's positive. It's a win-win. 
That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Now, um, just kind of going back on, on the fact that you are seeing people out there using these tables already. I mean, what, what has Sun Peaks looked like here over the last little while? I know we talked, um, I can't remember exactly when we talked to you. It probably was around April, maybe late April into early May even, where you were basically telling people to kind of stay away from Sun Peaks for right now, right? Until we started to see the COVID-19 numbers digress a little bit, get a little bit fewer and farther between. And we're starting to see that now. And of course, we're into phase three of the BC Restart Plan. Are you starting to see some activity pick up in your community? Are you seeing more people maybe paying you guys a visit? Very slowly. And, uh, you know, the hotels have just opened this this week. Uh, and the restaurants have been open for, uh, some were open for takeout before, but most of the restaurants are now open uh, as of two weeks, uh, 10 days ago. So it, it is picking up, but uh, I was looking at some hotel reservation information the other day and basically over the summer months uh, as of two weeks ago reservations were about 85 uh, percent down compared to last year so uh, it, it's going to take a big pickup if, if we were even to get to 50 percent level of last year Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, do you have a message, I guess, for any tourists out there who are maybe looking to plan a trip? Are you encouraging people to start coming to some peaks now, I guess, particularly if you are living in British Columbia? I mean, that's the kind of the, the message we got from our health officials, right? Is that local tourism is the way to go? So maybe those from British Columbia, are you starting to welcome those a little bit more? Uh, we're absolutely ready to welcome them. And, uh, you know, the communities uh, certainly... Uh, prepared, and I think uh, people have taken the rules and the uh, for COVID nineteen very, very seriously. Uh, I think the hotels have taken that uh, the regulations seriously. So we ready, we are ready to open in a safe manner. But I, I think it's still going to take quite a bit before the traveling public have confidence that it's safe to travel everywhere. Yeah, I think it will take some time. I know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to feel pretty comfortable myself uh, locally, but uh, there is definitely still some concern once you start making those uh, more extensive trips. I mean, we just had a, a news report here earlier today about three flights recently have come into Vancouver with potential COVID exposure. So when, if you're flying, that's definitely a, a big concern. I think that still exists for sure. Um, Mayor Rain. I did want to ask a little bit as well right now about, uh, you know, your, your water system. You were looking at, to upgrade that here. I saw it was on your most recent council agenda, too. I uh, just wanted a quick update on this project. It's a pretty significant one here for your community. Um, you know, what is the latest? Are you guys kind of moving forward with that project? Uh, I think it was an $8 million project. You can correct me on that figure if I'm wrong. Yeah, actually, the water project's uh, $6.5 million, and it involves building a reservoir to store the water. Uh, quite high up in the mountains, and then that water will come uh, down into the main water system. One of our issues is that we've had groundwater, so a groundwater aquifer uh, since the beginning of the development in Sun Peaks, and we were starting to stress uh, the groundwater supply by taking more water than we probably should have. And we, you know, it's a bit of a guessing game how much water is really there. But we started to see signs that the water uh, in the aquifers was going down and not replenishing as fast as we first thought it could. So at that point, we'd say, what are the other options? And the other options are to get surface water. Now, because the water rights uh, below us are taken by uh, others for the summer months, 
we have to have a reservoir up top so we catch the water in the springtime then keep it in the reservoir and then use it over the rest of the year. So it, it, it is um, it's an expensive project, but we are underway and the work has just begun. Awesome. So did you guys get any, any grants uh, in order to help complete some of that work? Unfortunately, no. Uh, but we did get a grant uh, two years ago on the wastewater treatment plant. Uh, so we're, we're hopeful, and we have a grant application in for the uh, physical pipeline that has to connect the reservoir to the valley floor. So we're, we're going to keep our fingers crossed there. Okay, yeah, so definitely some significant work in that regard, and sounds like something that would be very critical, really, for your community. What What's the timeline on a project like this? It sounds pretty extensive. How quickly are you hoping to get that complete? Well, we're hoping to get the reservoir complete this year, but then it's got to get filled up next spring because obviously it's, it's the spring runoff that we're catching to put in the reservoir. So you know, the whole, before the project would be ready to resupply the community, uh, at best it's really a, a couple of years away. And at the present time, we have uh, pressured the, the existing water system to the point that we were a little bit nervous uh, in, in terms of how much water was coming out. Uh, we're very hopeful that our timing will be just about right. Obviously, there's going to be a bit of a slowdown with COVID-19, so some of the pressures come off us, but uh, within 10 minutes, we have to have it up and running. All right. Well, thank you so much for that update, Mayor Rain. Really appreciate you taking the time here today, and uh, yeah, glad to see you're starting to get those patios up and running, and hopefully we get some guests down there to enjoy that space as well, but really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you for the call. Uh, anytime. That's uh, the mayor of Sun Peaks, Al Rain. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. So, yeah, if you're looking to uh, do some tourism here in the Kamloops area, well, Sun Peaks is only an hour away. So there's some place for you to go. And, you know, you have some expanded patio space there. So definitely some good news for those looking to go uh, wine and dine up there. Uh, there is that opportunity to keep you safe, keep you socially distanced, and hopefully the weather will be nice enough that you can potentially go outside. I know it's supposed to look a little little bit nicer here this weekend but I feel like every time I look two days in advance well that forecast changes pretty quickly so hopefully we they'll get some sun get us a chance to actually go outside and enjoy those outdoor spaces because I am sick and tired of this rain let me tell you that right now now, well, coming up after this, going to be taking a break here real quick, but uh, coming up afterwards, well, the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation has made some changes to its lending standards, and those went into effect yesterday, yeah, to kick off the month of July. The organization will no longer treat non-traditional sources of down payment as equity. That would include things such as, you know, borrowing from a line of credit to help pay for that 5% down. Would-be home buyers, uh, qualifying credit scores also must now be at at least 680 up from 600. I'm going to be joined by a local mortgage specialist to talk a little bit more about this after the break. So please stick around and more Jeff Andrea show will be coming right up. The voice of your community, Radio NL 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Here's Jeff Andreas. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks for being with me here on Thursday, July the 2nd. Now, the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation made changes to its lending standards, which went into effect to kick off the month here on Canada Day yesterday. The organization will no longer be treating non-traditional sources of down payment as equity. That would include things like a line of credit. Now, would-be homebuyers' qualifying credit scores must also now be at at least 680, up from the previous 600. Joining me now to discuss the changes is Kamloops Mortgage Broker with Invis, Brenda Coleman. Brenda, how are you doing here today? 
Good, thank you. How are you? Ah, not too bad. Did you have a nice Canada Day yesterday? Yes, it was quiet. I wish it would stop raining. <laughs> I know. I think we all feel the same way about that. So these changes that came into effect to begin the month of July, I guess I'll just start on a general sense. Like, How significantly different is this than prior to July 1? Well, it's going to impact uh, people a fair bit with Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. What uh, a lot of people don't understand is sort of what Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation does. Basically, what they do is they provide insurance to home buyers with less than 20% down. In Canada, you can borrow up to 95% of the mortgage amount, so that means your down payment is 5%. But, of course, the banks go, okay, well, you're, we're lending you 95% of our money, and you're going going in with 5% of your money, what's going to stop you from defaulting and walking away? So what Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation does is they provide insurance for default. So if you decide to not pay your mortgage payments, they will pay the bank. So the bank is always guaranteed to get their money back. In Canada, CMHC has uh, put more restrictions um, from the minimum credit score 600 to 680. What they also have done is they have restricted um, lending amounts. So what the banks do is they look at how much money you bring in versus how much you're paying out. Typically with housing or home, like, or home um, and housing expenses, you're allowed to go up to or were allowed to go up to 39% of your debt, your gross debt could go towards housing costs. So that would mean taxes, heat, principal and interest or strata payments as well. They've also reduced that with uh, these changes down to 35 from the 39%. The total debt numbers were allowed to go up to 44%, which would include your housing costs plus, say, a vehicle payment or a credit card debt or something like that. So the, the, the debt service ratios were 39 and 44, and CMHC reduced that to 35 and 42 now, this insurance is mandatory in Canada, but what um, we haven't focused on is that there are two other insurance companies out there. One is Canada Guarantee, and the other one is Genworth, and they offer the same kind of default insurance. They do offer different programs or slightly different criteria, but they're maintaining that 39 and 44, so it's not quite as much of a horror story as, we, as it sounds, uh, but CMHC is definitely tightening up. So with these changes then, I guess how much more challenging will this make it for you know people to enter the housing market for the first time? Is this going to have a significant impact on first-time homebuyers? It, it will, because of the, I think more so because of the down payment. Um, plus, they're going to qualify for a little bit less. They, the calculations, they figure, is about 12% less of what they're going to be able to qualify for. So that will impact things, especially if housing prices are going up. Um, so with that being said, um, it's important important that people start saving for their down payment because they're going to have to have the 5% down. We see a lot of uh, young people coming in right now that are getting help from their parents that are giving um, down payments as a gift, um, which they're very fortunate to have. Um, but, it, but teaching young people nowadays to save for that down payment is important. And the other thing that is becoming a bigger and bigger issue in mortgage lending is the credit scores and people carrying debt and not knowing how to manage debt. 
um, that is something that if you are thinking about buying and even if you're a year or two out, you should meet with a mortgage broker and they should review the criteria as far as what you're going to need for a down payment, what you're going to need as far as closing costs and how to maximize your credit to get the best score available. Because if you have any credit issues or credit hiccups, you're not going to get a mortgage. Hmm. Interesting. So CMHC is saying that, you know, this is really forcing consumers to think twice or to, if you will, be more diligent about what is truly affordable. Um, and it's also forecasting a 9 to 18% decrease in home prices over the next year due to that higher mortgage debt and, and un- increased unemployment. Um, so this is really, I mean, not, not really a surprise, being driven by the global pandemic that we find ourselves in. Absolutely. What we're still seeing, though, in Kamloops is that we're not seeing the huge uh, decrease, actually, in the housing prices. Uh, They're fairly consistent. Typically, in Kamloops, we don't see that up and down sort of roller coaster um, of housing prices changing because of the way that um, we're utilizing the homes at the end once we buy them. We don't see a ton of investors coming in uh, looking for rental properties. Typically with the blue collar town like Kamloops, the end users are the owner occupied uh, places. So when there's still a drive for that housing market, so we're not seeing the prices come down to the same effect. Things have been still quite busy. Housing prices are up. Um, We're doing, uh, because the interest rates are low, a lot of people are doing refinancing to access equity in their house, whether it's to consult to buy, um, you know, to renovate, um, they're able to get the the money out of their house um, in order to pay off those debts or to do what they want to do. So it's, uh, we actually, a lot of people are paying the penalty to get out of their mortgages right now and go into a lower interest rate because it is cost effective. Okay. Um, So I guess that kind of leads into my next question here was just, uh, you know, from your point of view, you know, how has the pandemic impacted demand on your service as a mortgage consultant? I mean, uh, I would have assumed it would have taken a hit, but it sounds like you're still finding other ways to to still get some clientele. It's, It's still been quite busy. Um, like I said, doing a lot of refinances. We're not seeing the purchases coming through the same way. I think purchases have slowed down. The biggest impact we're seeing with these qualifying changes with CMHC, I would say, would be on the single income earner. Somebody that's earning sixty to $75,000, whether they're one person supporting a family or just a single income borrower, they're not able to qualify for what they feel that they should be able to qualify for. And the part that's very difficult is quite often someone will come in to be qualified for a mortgage and they're paying twelve to $1,500 a month for rent and handling things just fine, but they may not qualify for a payment over $1,000. So it's going to restrict what they qualify for. So as far as purchases going, uh, are going on, things have slowed down um, quite a bit for us, um, especially there's not a lot on the market right now in that uh, first-time home buyer sort of three fifty dollars to $450,000 um, price range. Anything like that on the market, we have actually have heard through some of the realtors that they're going to multiple offers. And um, where, of course, people that are able to move up into the higher market, um, they're, they're wanting to make sure before they put their, their houses on the market that they have something to go to. So 
it, it slowed it down because we're not seeing the next level of buyers coming in because of the qualifying rules. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and I guess just doubling back to the you know the changes that we're seeing here that uh, come into effect as of this month. Um, you know, is this do you think a, a good move potentially to be able to you know make sure people can actually afford their homes? They're not buying something that really is just going to put them in in you know in in a massive amount of debt or have them defaulting in a pretty short period of time. Is this a, a maybe a, a prudent move to make sure that people can stay in their homes? Well, they've already implemented steps as far as qualifying. So the rates right now, you can buy a house, um, you know, and uh, the rates are as down as low as 1.99%, just depending on how much you're putting down and, and what kind of rate that you're going with. Um, so realistically, the rates are so low that people can, you know, they can afford the mortgage payments, but we still have to qualify them at the higher rate of uh, 4.94. So they've restricted those um that qualifying rule too so even though you're paying the lower amount you're qualifying at a higher rate just to make sure that if the rates go up we can you can still afford to make the payments um, so they have implemented different things so this is just a new restriction that is actually going to tighten it up but the biggest concern when the pandemic happened as soon as the federal government announced that there would be allowed mortgage deferrals one in eight mortgages went into deferral they're calculating that by the fall there's going to be one in five mortgages will have been deferred and I think what people don't tend to do is put the money away for a rainy day I mean no one was expecting this but you should still make sure that you have money put away um, for at least six months of mortgage payments just in case if you break your leg if there's a health issue if there's anything I mean we we weren't expecting this this to happen but it's just being cautious and making sure that you pay yourself and have some money put away for the unexpected Mm-hmm. Well, Brenda, I think there's a lot of good information in there for people who are, you know, even thinking about either a first-time mortgage or, or those looking to potentially refinance as well. I think this is good information for them out there. Uh, anything else you want to add before I let you go? Well, people always think that uh, these qualifying rules are for first-time home buyers. They're not. They're for people uh, with anybody that has less than 20% to put down. When you have 20% to put down, it opens a whole up other array of um, sort of qualifying details that we don't have to worry about when we involve CMHC or Genworth or Canada Guarantee what's insured. People can buy with as little as 5% down, not just the first time, but they can buy the second and the third time with as little as 5% percent down too so these these restrictions are not just for first-time home buyers where where it is more flexible is when we can deal with lender guidelines that uh, and we can avoid the insurance premiums um, by putting the 20 percent down and quite often when people are refinancing we have a little bit more flexibility because they have to leave the 20 percent equity in there and it just gets rid of the uh, the qualifying details not totally but it makes them a little bit more lenient so so there is hope out there it's not totally bad but I think the big biggest thing is just to make sure that you reach out to your mortgage broker and um, you qualify yourself before you start looking and don't set yourself up for disappointment awesome well thank you so much for your time here Brenda again I think it's important information out there for anyone looking at the home market in any way shape or form so thanks so much for your time today thank you that was Brenda Coleman mortgage broker here in Kamloops with
in this. Well, it's time for me to take a quick break here, but when I come back, well, there's some volunteer opportunities to help students, those looking to go to university in the fall, be able to gain a little bit of money. Of course, the summer job market is not as uh, vibrant as it could be when COVID-19 is not upon us, but it's here and it's definitely having an impact. So we'll talk about some other opportunities for students to have a little bit of money come the fall. That's coming up after this. Opinion. Call or text 250-374-5345. Find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Radio NL News. This is Jeff Andreas on RadioNL.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks for being with me here on Thursday. Now, a major community outreach program that the federal government recently launched that can benefit both university students looking to supplement their savings for the fall and help out nonprofits in the community is looking for more volunteers. The new Canada Student Service Grant provides qualified post-secondary students and recent grads with volunteer opportunities while supporting not-for-profit organizations. Joining me now is a volunteer manager program coordinator for the Kamloops area under the umbrella of WE. She's also a North senior secondary teacher, Susan Kabatov. Susan, how are you doing here today? Just fine, thank you. How about yourself? Ah, I'm not too bad. Thanks so much for asking. So let me just tell, uh, talk a little bit about what this program is. What exactly are you doing here in Kamloops, and, and how does this program work? What exactly are you looking for right now? Well, at this mo uh, moment, we are looking to find more university students who are looking to supplement their income. In the time of COVID, um, it's pretty well understood that it's harder for those university students looking for summer work to find enough hours or um, to find opportunities for full-time employment. And so the federal government fund that was launched, which is the Canadian Student Service Grant, um, which is behind this project, uh, is meant to help those university students to save for their fall semester fees and um, also to provide this amazing um, and multi-faceted project um, approach with volunteers in the community. So how many students, I guess, are you looking for at this time and what sorts of opportunities are available to them right now? We have already a team of around 55 that I've successfully recruited just from graduates, um, ironically sports networks. Um, I've reached out to other uh, uh, principals in the district as well and the school counselors have sent out the information. So we are gradually building that list. We have 55 already but we're looking for 25 to 30 more volunteers but we could keep accepting volunteers um, right up until uh, the beginning of August. So we're looking for volunteers but it's I guess volunteers is kind of a generous term. These are incentivized volunteers, uh, as one student had explained to me, it looks like, because they are going to be working volunteer hours, but it also earns them stipend money uh, towards university fees. So if they put in 100 hours, they will get a stipend for $1,000 towards their university fees. Okay, so it's $1,000 for every 100 hours worked? Correct. Oh. And it does max, um, go to a maximum of $5,000. And that is, those volunteer hours must be completed before the end of September. And uh, they are in various projects. We have, um, we're, we're already in the works of um, putting together projects for literacy um, and anti-discrimination campaign. Um, some of the campaigns are virtual and some of them are face-to-face -face volunteering because many of the nonprofits we've contacted, for example, the Mustard Seed, 
we've been so fortunate in Kamloops to have seniors volunteering their time in these outreach services in the community. But in the time of COVID, um, many of those seniors are unable to be out in the public like that or to be in a closed space with other volunteers. And so in order to help um, supplement the volunteer force, um, we are working in conjunction with nonprofits to provide a volunteer opportunity for our university students and also to kind of help in these times during COVID when there are less volunteers. And the, the timing of this call, I feel, is, is really appropriate right now, right? As we're moving into the month of July here, um, you know, those who are probably looking for summer work would either know by now, hopefully, whether or not they were able to secure anything. And if they weren't, I mean, this is an opportunity to at least, uh, you know, get some dollars here towards your education if you weren't able to find that summertime work, right? Absolutely. Um, the only eligibility requirement is that they not have been on the CERB, the CERB, because um, that would disqualify them from this program. But they can be on the Canada Emergency Student Fund for the twelve fifty a month. That's okay if they're on that. This can be over and above that. And also if they, they're working part-time, because what we've been finding, and it's in response to the need of these university students who may have got their job back from last year or previous years, but they don't have the same amount of hours because businesses have scaled back hours because of um, COVID limitations, et cetera. Um, and of course, the increased cost of everything uh, due to COVID restrictions. Perfect. And, um, you know, so those who may be out there listening right now, um, how do they go about contacting you? How do they go about signing up to become a volunteer here? What do they do? So there are many ways they can do that. We are working on a website. It will be up and running soon. They can literally go to the um, federal government website and sign up today if they wanted. Um, and it is called IWantToHelp.org. And uh, you can also search the Canadian Student Service Grant online. And we have a project uh, number and code assigned to our project. So if they're interested in getting involved in one of our projects that we already have on the go, or they want to work with a, our team of volunteers, we welcome them absolutely. And they can contact myself. Um, again, Susan Kabatoff. And the phone number they can, I can be reached at is 250-378. 7065. They're welcome to call or, and again, eventually we will be um, tweeting out and um, putting on Instagram a lot of um, promotional contact information over the next week for students to sign up online as well through us. Perfect. Awesome stuff. Well, I think that sounds like a really good marriage right now, just given the fact that we do need volunteers throughout this pandemic here in Kamloops, of course, and the fact that, um, you know, students may not have had the opportunity to find summer work as they normally would have been able to. So this is a nice way, I think, to supplement that as well. Uh, anything else you want to add, Susan, while I have you on the line? Absolutely. If you don't mind, I'd like to have reach out to all of those nonprofits in the community. If you are a registered charity or nonprofit um, service or association organization, um, this is an opportunity. If you're willing to team up with us on a project, we can bring thousands of dollars into the community because there are micro grants available to help supplement um, maybe the required hours for supervision. In, when an organization takes on some of our volunteers, they may have to work extra hours or it might um, be like hours outside of their regular planning to supervise our volunteers. 
Therefore, they can request a micro-grant of up to $10,000. Again, this is all under the same auspices. And so they can, again, reach out to me, Susan Kabatov, 250-378-7065, or they can go to the website directly, IWantToHelp.org. And um, they may be matched with us even through the website eventually anyways, but... Um, we are happy to bring those dollars into the community for our nonprofits because they're so important for a healthy community. Awesome. And do you know how many uh, nonprofits I guess you have online right now for this project? Yes, I'm really excited to be working with the Kamloops Art Council. Um, we are looking at doing a music program with two different nonprofit organizations that are coming on board. Um, the SPCA has interested in the program we're still working on how that project is going to look um as i said before the mustard seed away home and uh, ask wellness have all um we're all in negotiations of how how many volunteers how the project's going to look with each organization will be a little bit different uh different depending on what their needs are and how we can best help them um, and because you can volunteer virtually there's some really cool projects like there is a federal senior capsules project that is meant to reconnect with our seniors in the community and to profile their lives. Um, there's another, um, some XID students from NARCAM are putting together um, an anti-discrimination um, project that is going to be online that is going to address, it is kind of timely with all of the Black Lives Matter movements, the missing murdered Indigenous women um, awareness um, is going to be integrated and also we're going to work with immigration services. So we've got some online but we're looking for more. We're trying to reach out to the community. Anyone interested in being involved as a volunteer or nonprofit, please come and get the information and we will um, hook you up on this project. Well, thank you so much for your time here, Susan, and hopefully we can fill some of those volunteer positions in the near future. Really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate the coverage. That was Susan Kabatov, volunteer coordinator for the Kamloops area. Well, that about time for me to wrap things up. So I want to thank all my guests for joining me. And of course, a big thank you to all of you for listening. And remember, whether you join me here for a short while or a long while, just knowing you enjoyed your time, while it lasted, enjoy the rest of your Thursday, and I'll be back here tomorrow at noon.